welcome to Industry 4.0. Hey everybody, Jeff Budzinski here with Irvin Lucas and Kyle Fisher for episode 25 of Industry 4.0. It is the 29th of October and we're excited to get in here. We got a, a first half that's filled up with some heavy mobile talk. Uh, the iPhone 10 opened for pre-order on Friday, October 27th at 3 a.m. Eastern. Um, some excitement in the news of the iPhone this past week. Guys, any thoughts? I don't yeah, know. I mean, there, go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone on this panel uh, was looking to get an iPhone X. I don't know if anybody got up at 3 a.m. on a, on Friday Eastern. I know we're uh, Android people, and we're more and more Android people day by day. We're hey. starting to convert them. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of us out here still. There's one holdout left. We'll sure. get to you, Kyle. Don't you worry. The lone survivor. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, there's been some news coming out uh, relating to the iPhone um, subsequent to that, to the release or the pre-order release of it. Uh, it officially comes out next Friday, if anyone's interested and speaking in picking of, that up speaking, in store on yes. Friday, if you get lucky enough. Speaking of it, you know, being released in store, um, there's been some news related to a viral video which was shared by the daughter of an apple engineer who was working on the iphone 10. Uh, i'm sure our listeners have heard rumblings of this at the very least uh, so this is amelia peterson uh or brooke amelia peterson i'm sorry um and her dad has been fired from apple as a result of her video um so basically her dad violated the Apple company rule since he allowed her to film the unreleased handset uh, on Apple's campus. Uh, they asked her to remove the video, but it was too late as things tend to be on the internet. Um, you know, it was spread and shared and downloaded and what have you. So uh, basically a big no-no here. I just, I don't understand people sometimes. Like, what did you think your teenage daughter was going to do when she was filming the phone that you know no one is allowed to see? <laughs> like, hmm, hmm, she's filming it. She's probably just going to share it on YouTube on a private channel with her friends for sure. Definitely. That's it. That's all. Are you insane? Yep. Like, she, oh, she just, wants the likes and the you shares. You work for a tech company. You don't get it still. You don't get it. Like, if I somehow got my hands on it and I let my son do it, that's on, you know, that's okay. Whatever. But like, you work how do you not know as an engineer yeah know? yeah and i mean if it's one thing if she did it like behind his back or something like he was asleep and she grabbed the phone but guys yeah. we, in the pre-show we just watched a video as a group and the guy hands her the phone while she has the camera out and is like scrolling through it for her at one point this is this is definitely not like an accident on his fault he, he knew what he was doing which makes it even more confusing it's it's just got to be one of those like he was caught up in the moment, the excitement with his daughter. But, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not. Uh, let me trend back. I don't want to put it out there like I like this dude. Oh, this dude deserves to be fine. Technically, he broke the rules. By rule, he should be. Fine. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. Right. It stinks that this dude got a, caught up in the excitement of getting this new thing. His daughter was excited about it. It's a shame that it happened, but still, it happened for a reason. You can't let these things leak if they don't want it to go. And I'm sure that everybody got the company memo 
six, seven, eight thousand times before they actually got the phones, and and it's still it still happened. And it's it's a shame because you still you see it happen all the time. It's not just it's not like this is such a rare occasion where oh man, how could this one guy in the last twenty years screw this up? No, it happens like almost every big tech release. Someone leaks something. Someone gets in trouble for something. It's just another the, the next victim, basically. Yeah, at the bottom of the Verge article, they mentions that a Microsoft employee was fired uh, right before the Xbox 360 release where his son posted pictures of the actual device before it actually got released. Um, so, I mean, it must, yeah, it happens yeah. quite a bit. Because, yeah, because you're going to take the device home if you're the one of the key ones working on this. I mean, sure, you're going to, I guess, let your kids or, or your family play with it if they want to see it. Um, and then that you can't control what pictures they take or maybe do do it in secret or they maybe just do it right in front of you. Yeah, maybe do it in the yeah. car with your assistance. You know, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I mean, this, this device, the iPhone 10 that was shown, uh, it had employee only QR codes displayed in a notes app that had apparently like code names of unreleased Apple products. So that's like, it's definitely a violation, and I'm sure that that's he had to have signed a form coming onto this job. Maybe even every year, every new project that says "Don't do this." So really, just confusing. I think it's a a real um, a, a, an article that spreads itself based on the fact that it's you know about a viral video, uh, what seems to be a teenager posting it, and the iPhone 10 buzzword along with you know the the press of the guy getting fired just seems kind of like. Um, a perfect storm of, of uh, something that's going to spread around the internet and news. Yeah. And it's funny because like, when you look at what was on the phone, like you said, the, the employee only QR code and the various code names for different projects, that's probably the stuff that upset them more. They're like, whatever, like if people get to see the phone, they get to see the phone. We want people to see what the features are anyway. That's probably not even as big of a de- Obviously he still breaks the rules. Maybe he gets like a slap on the slap on the wrist right. and not fired if he doesn't, if that part of it isn't on there, who knows? Maybe they would have fired him anyway, just to make an example, just because he could have potentially leaked that information, but that information's out there anyway. Um, I didn't see it personally. We only saw the, uh, what we saw the second video. She put like two or three of them out there. Maybe there was a reaction video after the fact that, um, there's a, there's a couple of videos out there. If you guys want to check them out, um, just to see what, what went down. Yeah. The latest one is where she announced that that her father lost a job. Um, where she actually broke down in tears in the video. It's yeah. kind of sad. It definitely it is. is, but I mean, he knew the reels. He had to have known. He had to have known. There's no way that he was uh, ignorant of the rules at all. Yeah, and her, her I mean, it's got to be commented on too. Her video production is pretty like, legitimate. She like has yeah. like really it's good like, quality. It's the yeah. vlog, vlog type of style video. So um, he, he's got to know she's doing this and that she has subscribers yeah. and, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, based on the quality that you showed us when we were watching in the pre-show, like, this isn't her first rodeo. This has to be a regular thing that she does. How did he not know that this is what she was doing it for? Or maybe, again, maybe it just had to be one of those situations. Like, he was super excited. His daughter was excited. Oh, look, I'll give you a little scoop, honey. Like, you get a little little boost on your page. whatever. And not even thinking about the fact that, like, oh, there's information on there that can't be out there. And I'm going to eat the bullet on this one. Yeah. Or maybe I'm. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't seen the entire series of videos that she released. I don't know if she mentioned this, but maybe her father told her not to post it until a certain date, which was probably the release date, which is next Friday. After that, you're in the clear. You can post this video because then all the information about the iPhone will be public. Yeah, for, good point. Except uh, for the internal maybe. stuff, but yeah, 
except yeah. for the <laughs> yeah. QR codes and all that. Yeah, those. Um, so that I can but, believe him not noticing, like not knowing she opened that up on the show or whatever video she was recording. So, right. yeah. But yeah, definitely, you know, this, that's the cost to have gone online with a, a video like that, especially when you work at a tech company like that. Um, uh, speaking of costs and iPhones. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So when the iPhone X initially got around, so everybody was freaking out. It's like, oh my God, it's a thousand dollar phone, thousand dollar phone. Who's gonna buy a thousand dollar? Who's gonna spend a thousand dollars on their phone? So Quartz.com uh, released an article this week um, comparing uh, the cost of the iPhone in um, all the countries that it's actually being released this Friday uh, compared to how much money uh, people make. Uh, per month in that country and then how much of that iphone price is the percentage of their monthly wage uh so it's cr pretty crazy if you look at the these numbers uh the number one country on this list is india so the total cost of an iphone x in india is 925 percent of uh india's monthly average monthly wage uh so what that means is it's nine Nine times? Yeah, nine times more expensive uh, than what people on average make there in a month. So almost your year's salary goes to a phone. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. In Russia, number two is at 235%. Mexico is a number three, 184%. China's number four at 162%. And then we're in top five in something, guys. Hungary is number five. <laughs> 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 we're top five and something Great and then you go if you go all the way down the list you get to us at 31 so count your blessings people you might be you might be uh be disappointed by the thousand dollar price point but all you have to do is be the the average monthly salary for the entire country and yeah. it's like nothing it's 19 percent. you're good uh yeah you know if you can eat that cost i think this is not just get there you got it <laughs> It's worth it. I believe you know? in you, America. You get that that little bigger screen. It's worth it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love how we're saying this, and we're all very guilty of it. But uh -huh. it is pretty. It is a pretty crazy thing when you take a step back and look at how how willing people are to eat that cost for you know. Yeah, it's a better phone, and it's a cool thing, but it's pretty crazy how much people are willing to spend for that. Uh, when you look at where we're at with phones compared to ten years ago, and how phenomenal the capability you have on that handheld devices uh just that you know incremental update increase uh that you're willing to spend in india nine months salary on it is pretty bonkers but yeah <laughs> anyway i guess it's the cost of technology yeah and we'll, my heart. Have to, we'll have to see what the the actual sales numbers in these countries are. i'm curious about like let's say the top five countries how many actually get sold there because it's really really high yeah something really to is. keep a note of we'll uh we'll make a note in the show notes and we'll we'll follow up later and i'm curious too if, if any of our listeners who you know live in any of these countries uh india russia mexico china hungary etc if any of you have decided to buy this iphone 10 i'd be curious to hear about what that experience has been like for you 
And I'm also curious as to what you do for a living and how I can do it too. Because <laughs> if you can afford it at these rates, <laughs> I need to get in that business. So reach out to us. Yeah, man. There's a lot of people in these countries too. You got to think about if you're averaging out the wages, if there's people making very, very, very low amounts of money, um, that average is obviously going to drop. So probably people who'd be interested in getting this device and it's feasible, maybe they're making a little more than this monthly, monthly average. Um, but if you do buy this phone, uh, be careful not to drop or break it because <laughs> we've seen some recent uh, postings of the screen repair cost in this iPhone 10. It's looking like it'll be 280 US dollars to replace that screen. Um, this uh, The Verge article we're looking at um, is talking about comparison of price and value here, and that's more than twice of the price of an iPhone 6 screen replacement and 65% higher than a new iPhone 8. Um, so, you know, it sounds pretty high. Um, all out-of-warranty repairs will cost $550. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, just a bit of money there. Oh, man. I'm curious how much the warranty costs. Oh, the Apple Care. For the warranty? Yeah. Apple's warranty costs 199 for the iPhone iPhone X. So you're almost there anyway. Yeah. 200 bucks for the Apple Care Plus warranty. You have to spend 200 bucks to to spend 280 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> if you break your phone. <laughs> Under if you purchase that $200 warranty, it'll only cost you $29 for the screen. Uh, right? okay. Or okay. $99 for a pair of anything else under the Apple Care Plus. So yeah. Out of warranty, these are the prices that the prices that Jeff previously mentioned. Those are still valid. So if you're out of warranty, so it's definitely worth it to pick that $199 extended warranty. Yeah, uh, Yeah, for sure. Because you're gonna drop this thing. It looks slippery. Basically, Uh, yeah, (laughs) it looks slippery. I guess it does. They didn't say. They said that it's the strongest glass. They didn't say that it's the least slippery glass. So (laughs) super strong, just real slick. (laughs) No gloves required. That's the advertisement. No. Uh, So yeah, that's you know the the difference between the cost of that warranty and the screen replacement itself would be eighty dollars. So that's an eighty dollar risk, basically. Like, is it is it really worth it? To take that risk when if something else goes wrong, you could be paying upwards of, you know, the 550. I don't know. I think I would bite the bullet on that warranty if you're already going to get the phone. But Yeah, I feel like most warranties make sense in, in tech, especially because I feel like warranties nowadays cover more things. I remember back in the day, it would be like a warranty. It's basically just, hey, if anything that we built, you know, inside the phone goes wrong, we'll switch it out. But anything else that happens, it's on you. Uh, or, you know, with, uh, with, gaming devices you know i was a big ds fan back in the day and game boy fan and god forbid you drop one of those like no one's replacing it but now warranties for everything including iphones like they they do cover a lot so it, it might actually be worth it uh, even though the on the surface 200 bucks you're like i don't break my stuff <laughs> but if you do it's it's significantly more so it might uh might not be a bad idea nowadays depends how much you want to live on the edge uh isn't the iPhone X waterproof now too? Yeah, so uh, I think it is. So if, if you don't have to worry about that much about the water damage. People drop their phones in the toilet all the time. Well, depending on how quickly oh, you react, I guess. I haven't, but my friends have. I One have time. A story. One time. One time. <laughs> One time. I did it with a Game Boy once, and that was a sad day for me. 
Yeah, that's, that sounds like a sad day. Yeah, it says that uh, iPhone 8 and 10 are both IP67 rated, which means that they're protected from dust and are capable of withstanding water immersion between 15 centimeters and one meter for 30 minutes. So that's sweet. If you don't react in 30 minutes, you don't care about this phone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. $2,000 so, is nothing. Yeah, it's, eh, just let it slide for another 29 <laughs> But, um,. Again, with cost in the iPhone 10, uh, it's looking like Best Buy thinks you're willing to pay an extra hundred bucks to get it from them. <laughs> so, what does that extra hundred bucks get you, Jeff? Um, extra just, special service, your own personal. You get to, uh, Best Buy Geek Squad person. You know what you get to do, Irvin? You get to look at a nice oh. blue polo while you get the phone. Totally <laughs> <laughs> wow, worth a hundred bucks. That's what I'm talking about. You get to stand in line with a bunch of people that you don't yeah. want to stand in line with. Right, exactly. It's so yeah, great. They're literally charging $100 more for the same models. Uh, if you get iPhone 10 at base, it's $1,000 uh, from Apple. You know, Best Buy's charging $1,100, uh, $1,150 for more storage, and Best Buy's doing $1,250. So they're, they're, they're defending this. Let's break um, down the reason why, though. They, they did give a reason. They said that if you go through the carrier plans and you were paying month by month, like a lot of people, Verizon, AT&T now, uh, now almost make you do, um, that's how much it would cost if you if you went through the uh, the month by month payment. So they're just putting that up front, basically saying, oh, well, no matter how you get it, you're paying the same amount. But you know what? The idea of having a cheaper price point for buying it up front was to reward the people who are buying it up front. Like, yeah, right. It's, the idea is that I don't need to, you know, I have the money now. I don't need to pay for it over time. And I, I wonder how many people, I, I'm curious to see the numbers, how many people pre-ordered through. I'm sure they sold out just because if other people didn't sell out, it was the only option. People bit the bullet. But yeah, I I'm think curious to see if their numbers came in much later than everyone else's or if anything happened to their their, uh, their projections. And people expect like, yeah, if you do an installment panel, yeah, sure, you're going to charge me a little bit extra to make interest or whatever at the end. I understand that that's the that's the caveats of doing an installment plan. But if you are willing to play for something up front, I want the advertised price that Apple puts out, not something extra, because what that hundred bucks, what is that getting me? I'm not you're not letting me pay for the phone over time. So what? There's no real benefit here at all yeah i really don't understand and they're going to defend it until the death of them but i really unless they decide to change their mind and they give you something extra for the hundred bucks i really don't see what the uh what the benefit here was except their case. pockets which yeah give me a free case or something yeah something geez um, yep some, so there's some airbuds i don't know i mean Air yeah the the way i know it's airpods i know <laughs> i like calling them airbuds you just want the car, right? The 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 I mean the car. The, the dog. The dog, yes. I want the dog to come out and give me the phone. That's what I want. Oh no, they give you a DVD copy of Airbus. <laughs> 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 they give you a VHS copy. There you go, VHS. <laughs> oh my goodness. And only limited, the first, not the whole series, just the first one. And a limited time t shirt. It's signed by the dog too. It's just a paw print on it. I'd, I'd pay that money, <laughs> but that, there's that, a, that's worth hundred bucks right there. I think I think I've so. never heard of anything more more worth a hundred bucks than that. Sorry, I screwed it up, guys. Go it's ahead. okay. The real thing they're saying here, though, is that they're they're giving you the option to buy it the way you want. So that's what's you know the, the price hike is worth because you can choose your carrier on site, you can choose your color on the site, 
internal mm -hmm. memory, et cetera. Like it's basically the same thing you can get elsewhere, except for you can choose the carrier and do it in one place. And it's Best Buy. If you have like Best Buy gift cards or something, I guess that's another plus to it. Um, you know, uh, I, I think have that they, have they seen the apple.com website? It's, I know, I know, Apple, I know, but you can pick the carrier that you want. You pick, you can pick the color that you want all on one website. You don't have to go <laughs> literally anywhere else. So they think well, a lot of people like stores, man. I think that's part of it. And I think along with that, it's that they have some religious shoppers there. Like if, if you're not really up on tech, but you want to be, or you want to seem like you are, you might still get all your stuff from Best Buy, even though they charge you more. Um, and I think that this hundred dollars with the amount that they're going to sell them, like you said, like everywhere, everywhere selling out of these phones. So they're going to sell these phones. Like it's not going to be an issue. That's just another hundred dollars in their pocket for each one. On the surface, I know a lot of people who build up and save gift cards for big purchases like this. I mean, we used to have kids. Again, I worked at GameStop for so long. We had kids all the time who like would just save their their gift cards instead of buying a game here and there. They would ask for gift cards and a game for a birthday or holiday, and then save the gift cards until something big came out. And they would buy their console with that. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing last year with Amazon gift cards. Get my PC. Yeah, but like, so if. If I'm saving up these Best Buy gift cards, waiting for this thing to come out, the Apple comes out, the, the iPhone X comes out, boom, iPhone 10, boom, they announce it, and it's a thousand dollars, and now all of a sudden, a hundred dollars on my gift card is void because you decided to raise the price. Like that's that's kind of a kick in the teeth, you know? It's oh yeah. It, it, I do get where they're coming from. I do get that it's one hundred percent a money grab as well, and it's it's unfortunate to see people doing that. Yeah. Um, again, don't confuse me reading their response with me agreeing with their response to this news. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm definitely not a fan of this. Um, but anywho, one thing I am is I'm now Pixel. Uh, I've officially Woo! I've officially migrated away from the iPhone, and I'm now the proud owner of a Pixel Two XL. Right here. Welcome, welcome to the green side, Jeff. Thanks, Congratulations. Man. Glad glad to be back. And also, uh, thanks for leaving me behind, jerk. You, I'll still text you and Snapchat you. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. You know, I they won't I message you, though. No. I'll, well, I could. I still have my MacBook, but <laughs> I won't add a principal. Darn. I was really hoping I could keep you blue. We could still <laughs> we could still have our FaceTimes every week, though. Don't worry. Yes. Yeah. Um, of course, this comes, you know, I, I kind of lost my breath for a little bit reading some news this week. Um, but I've been assured by our very own Irvin Lucas that everything's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> there's been some news of some issues with the Pixel 2, um, some reports of screen burn occurring, and other people are talking about speakers having issues and that uh, audio recordings are now sounding tinny and garbled. Um, I'm not sure how widespread these issues are, if they're specific to certain people, but I know that Google is saying that they are planning to patch issues such as these with software updates that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, what are your takes on this? If you're going to get screen burn, just make sure it's it's all of us together. <laughs> <laughs> Industry 4.0 for life. That's what I'm going to say. The logo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but to get serious, it's not too surprising that there's issues. Uh, I mean, that, that always seems to happen with original releases. A lot of things get patched after the fact now, um, which, you know, people want to hit those dates. People want to get stuff out as quick as possible. You could get into the argument of whether they should have 
done the extra testing and made sure before releasing, but at this rate, no one does. No one seems to be ultimately bothered by the fact that they can expect a patch in a couple months, and especially if people are up as, uh, excuse me, are as upfront as uh, Google's being with this, where you know if, if there are any issues, they're doing the exchanges for you, no problem. Uh, they, they jumped out ahead. They're ready to, to take care of you, which is always great customer service. Uh, again, if you want to get into the argument whether they should have taken the extra time and not promised that date and made sure that you're not going to have this major update within a, within a month or two, um, yeah, but it's, it's as we've seen across multiple platforms, multiple pieces of technology, these things are almost unavoidable nowadays, and it's, it's good on them to get ahead of the game. Yeah. We were talking about warranties for the iPhone X earlier in the episode. We were talking about the screen replacement. And because of all the issues that people have been having, it's been reported on, the media has been going crazy. Uh, Google, it, this wasn't in the show notes, I don't think. Google extended their warranty uh, from one year to two years. So for the full two nice. years, you get uh, now with both the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL, full two years of warranty coverage on your phone. So if you have any issues down the line, you're good for pretty much the the life of the phone because most people don't tend to handle, hang on to phones longer than two years, maybe three at the most. So you should be covered um, in terms of exchanges and getting a new one uh, or getting things fixed up um, from Google. Yeah, that's awesome on then too because it wasn't even like a, like you said, it didn't seem like a widespread issue yet. Um, not like as an example to go to things I know, Xbox with the red ring, they had to do something. They had to react, change the the warranty from one year to three years because it was such a widespread issue. This seems like Google seeing saying, you know what, before this becomes a thing, let's get out, get out in front. Like you said, they probably know if we extend it to two, for most people, that's the life cycle. Let's do that. We're ahead of the game. Nobody's mad at us, and we still got our awesome product out with a, with a simple fix. And it's yeah. really hard to gauge of how wide of a spread of the issue is because the media has been, from my point of view, overblowing, making it more crazy. Because we have first first hand review or thoughts on this phone. Jeff actually has one. Yep. We were talking in the pre-show, and I asked him, "Are you experiencing any of these issues?" And he said, "No, not really. Nope. Only some." Or like the audio thing, I think the only one that you mentioned. Um, I guess I don't. Or I was it was I imagining that? No, I think you're imagining that. I haven't seen anything so far. Oh snap! It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> live on the, on the pod. Yeah. So I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm not really. I'm not disappointed in the least bit, and everything went great. It's transitioning. All sample size. It's only Jeff saying that, right? But it's still, it's not. Doesn't seem like it's that wide of a spread issue, and people have been nitpicking these phones to getting down to looking at the screen at a microscopic level and seeing, oh, is this a pixel perfect screen? No, it's not. And I, I mean. 99% of people aren't going to go ahead and do that, do color ca- collab, uh, color ca- collaboration. <laughs> wow. I'm proud yeah, of you for that one. <laughs> uh, on the, they don't want a color calibrated phone screen. Like they're not doing photo editing for a publication on their phone, are they? Like, I don't know why people are freaking that out. This might go on in a rant also. I'll stop. No, that's exactly how I feel about it. it. (laughs) Preach for the preach. But I don't know why the media is going so hard on just the phone 
being, oh, it's not the best screen. Yeah, it's not the best screen because you know why? Who makes the best screen? Samsung. And they don't sell their best screens to third parties. They keep it to themselves. And the second best now goes to Apple for the iPhone X. They're not... Samsung makes the best OLED screens on the market. That's a known fact. So they're going to keep them for their flagship models like the S8, like the Note 8. Um, so the Pixel 2 is just not going to get these good screens. Good. I mean, they're, they're still great. I, I know Jeff say, yeah. said that, hey, everything on this phone, the screen looks great from your experience. But yep. most people, it's fine. So just chill. And fine is even like an understatement. It's an amazing screen. It's just not what you hoped it would be or you wanted a reason to nitpick. Like in my mind, like there's no way that that it's a bad screen or an average screen. It's it's probably, without having seen it, an amazing screen. It's better than the phone you had before, but because of whatever you're a, maybe you're a reviewer or a blogger or whatever, like you had to find something. I, I, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing that that's a lot of the reasons why this news has become widespread. Like you said, a lot of the, the news sources that you look at are running wild with this. Maybe the right reviewer got it. Maybe the right YouTuber got right. had an issue, and now because he reported it in as an issue, or every she. other person is saying, "Oh, well, look, this is an issue now. Oh, this is an issue." It could be two percent of people. That's not a huge, widespread thing. Yep. And but because the right people have seen it or heard of it, now it becomes this big deal. Yep. Exactly. And like again, it's the way it goes in tech. So. Oh yeah. We'll see what's to come of this, but for now. It's been noted, it's been replied to, and we'll see what the tape tells, you know, see what happens. Um, so a little more on Google and Apple here before the end of the first half. Um, and this is more of a theory article than anything else. Um, but basically, uh, Google's doing some reports on its earnings and its expenses, um, it's looking like it's got a forecast of some serious increases in expenses that's leaving analysts kind of confused. Um, and basically, there's these expenses that Google has to pay different entities that it works with, like the uh, computer or PC makers, phone manufacturers, websites, promotions, etc. Um, and it's called the TAC, T-A-C been climbing um and basically people are coming up with these hypotheses of what this could be in relation to um and it's been explained uh, apparently that this is due to changes in partner agreements uh by ruth perrett who is google's finance chief um there were no additional details provided about who these partners are or what changes in the agreements have been made um, but basically the theory is that this is money going to Apple. Um, and again, the theory is that this is because Google is the default search engine on iPhone Safari web browser. Um, so basically, I don't know if you guys want to get into this, but they're talking about whether this is good or bad idea. Um, whether it's good on Google for getting this additional traffic since Apple's obviously a very popular company and iPhone and Safari are very popular. Um, yeah. And whether or not this I, is a, a threat to Google's business. I think 
a way back it was at least 10 episodes ago we talked about safari switching back from bing to i mean not safari um siri switching back from bing back to google for their search this might have something to do with that some kind of deal in the back around uh to uh google played uh Offered some more, perhaps offered some more money to Apple to say, "Hey, can you uh, switch uh, Siri back to Google, please? We'll give you lots of money." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was previously reported that Google has paid Apple one billion dollars in 2014 as part of the deal to get Google as the default search engine on all iPhone or iOS devices, uh, so the Safari web browser, and then in might be closer to around three billion today, which is just crazy. That is insane, man. So much money, but so much traffic. You think right. about yeah. The, just the potential of people going to your site and searching through Google. It's I think it's probably worth that investment, I think. Yeah, you, you would think. Like you said, iPhone's pretty huge in the market, right? They drive a lot of traffic. A lot of people use them, so well, and information is power. Google gets so much information through what anybody and everybody looks up online. Um, and the more that people use Google, the more ads they see and then the more money that Google makes. So, yep. yeah. And it, further down in the article, it actually says that like it, it might be a costly venture, but they've been smart about it in the past. Uh, and this seems to be something that they're good at. Uh, they know the cost risk analysis of everything. I mean, most companies do, but uh, apparently they had a similar deal on the table with uh, uh, Firefox mm-hmm. and um, Yahoo opened up their wallets to steal that deal from Google in 2014 and Google just let it happen. They're like, you know what? Hey, we don't want to match that. That's going to be too much for us. Not worth it because of who you are, <laughs> because of who Firefox is. And obviously Firefox has plummeted since then their 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 share of web browsing has gone down big time yahoo has fallen apart and now had to be bought by verizon even though they were probably headed that way in 2014 anyway um and obviously google has just continued to grow so it's they they clearly have a a pulse on this particular part of the business and whether it's whether it's a smart decision to continue to to put money into a direct competitor's pocket who knows? It depends on how much, but we don't know the numbers, but if they're seeing that much money coming back or close to that much money coming back, it's worth the, uh, it's worth the investment in the long run. Yeah. Financially speaking, definitely. It's kind of like a, basically what you're saying, it's a trade-off between, you know, search engine traffic slash, you know, not mattering which browser you're using to always search through Google versus like upfront money, what Apple can be doing with that money and whether that's going to put Google out of the run in any other, um, you know, places in the industry yeah so lots to think about uh i don't know about everybody else but i think google's probably pretty good with their money in general considering where they're at <laughs> uh but any any closing comments here guys no just uh, all parents out there make sure if you if you get cool stuff you don't let your kids put it on the internet <laughs> pretty much that's about it. Is that mean to make a joke? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you lost your job. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. But hey, man, you're you're a parent. You get to say that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Irvin, anything? Uh, no, none for me. Looking forward to second half. 
As am I. Well, to all our listeners and viewers, thank you very much for joining us for the first half of episode 25 of Industry 4.0. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of all the news in the mobile realm this past week, uh, and we will catch you in the second half. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for coming back for the second half. Joined by Jeff and Irvin, I'm Kyle. We're still all here with you for the second half, episode 25. Uh, if you're catching this live, thanks for watching the Twitch stream. We appreciate it. Uh, for those of us not watching live, hopefully you're watching on YouTube or ch- catching us in podcast form. We'll give the plugs at the end, but let's get right into it, guys. Second half here. Uh, something that we actually have touched on before a couple times, uh, at, and it's a Big thing for the future of self-driving cars. They're making news again. Um, Waymo, the vehicle arm of Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., they are deciding to test their self-driving cars in the snow. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, finally, this is the real <laughs> test of actual driver driverless cars. Because, yeah, sure, they can drive fine in sunny California. Uh, but let's see how they do in uh, Detroit um with uh, snow and ice i'm very interested to see what comes out of this how they manage and what type of things that they need to improve under current uh, vehicles and the, the, te- the technology that they use um to improve the driving uh, with snowy conditions because a lot of people like a lot of the country lives in the northeast and as you guys know yet snow here and uh if the self-driving cars can't drive in that, it's going to be uh, a hit to a large part of the population who can't get one of these cars in the future. Yeah, um, I think it is important to test it in this uh, Michigan, you know, Detroit specifically region where they do get some heavy snow and ice. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these vehicles respond in those conditions. But like like we mentioned in what Irvin's kind of getting at here uh, in a previous episode, I know I think Ryan and I joked about this. I'd I'd love to see this come to the tri-state area and deal with our yeah. drivers, because <laughs> um, I'll tell you today we had some serious rain. And I was on 95 and it was not a fun time, and you're like on on the edge of your seat driving. So I'd love to see how these uh, automated vehicles respond to those conditions. Um, I know I, I I've doing some driving in Detroit area in the past, I do know that it can get pretty congested there as well. So um, this will be interesting. 
And how do you guys feel about the fact that they chose Detroit? Out of all the places you could choose in the Northeast, they picked Detroit, the homeland for the auto industry in America. Well, uh, I wonder if it's a sign of things to come with this industry um, in terms of manufacturing, maybe. Um, you know, that's a stretch. I, but... I think they're also partners with Ford. Well, yeah. So and, it makes sense. And Ford uh, is conducting, I think... They, well, yeah, they're they're partners with uh, if they're partners with Ford, but I know that GM uh, is also experimenting in this area. So I wonder if it's just kind of like uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is going to be the home of where it's, a lot of this testing gets conducted in general. Uh, I know Ford's testing self-driving cars, like you were saying there. Um, I think I think it's noted they're doing some pizza delivery tests there. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, Ford's yeah. doing some pizza deliveries. Uh, General Motors is doing some experimenting there. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it's been done there, but to see them, to see, you know, Google step in and be like, hey, guess what? We're here too is kind of, uh, it's kind of cool. So yeah. it looks like they set up their testing facility uh, last year uh, in Detroit. So they've had a presence there for a bit. Right. And, um, I mean, as you see here in this Bloomberg article, we've linked to in our show notes for anyone tuning in in the future um, or for you guys while we're here, uh, Waymo's not going to be manufacturing their own vehicles. And what's noted here is that they haven't disclosed how it plans to kind of get involved in a commercial fleet. So I think that's kind of, that's personally what I think they're hitting at here. Um, you know, Detroit, big motor city, as it's known. Um so I think that maybe testing this stuff here is a sign of them trying to link up with some partners in the area. Yeah, it might be just a, more of a, a marketing scheme than anything, right? For them, like marketing themselves to the big guys instead of trying to compete with them. Exactly. It's Motor City, you know, like they're going to, they're, they're getting recognition from us here just talking about it. So I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like that they're probably looking for some sort of partnerships coming down the pipe. But um, anyway, speaking of partnerships, um, lots of news about Puerto Rico and how it's been affected by uh, the hurricanes in the recent months. Um, there, I believe it was talked about last week. Alphabet has Project Loon, which um, is dis uh, deploying a series of LTE balloons in Puerto Rico for uh, the hopes of bringing connectivity back to the island. They were already working with AT&T, and now recent news is that T-Mobile has joined in uh, to help provide LTE, equip smartphones on the island, and basic internet access and texting. Uh, this is cool to see. I like to see people all kind of pitching to get the company specifically, jumping in together and trying to help. In yeah, whatever way i mean and the internet connectivity has become pretty crucial you know allowing people maybe i know i have some friends that are on the island right now and there's a while there where you couldn't talk to them because there was no way to do it um i think this is going to help a lot of families get connected and a lot of people feel like things aren't uh are, are improving uh, yeah I, I like it for a lot of reasons and i touched on this a little bit last week uh, when we touched about or when we talked about at&t uh, being the first partners with this, but it just, it, you know, we have all these complaints in everyday life about, oh, well, I can't stand this company for this, or my AT&T bills or T-Mobile bills too high. What am I paying this? And you get these, like these images of just these evil people up in a corporate office, just, oh, I can't stand them. And they're trying to 
take these things from me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and it, this moves like this that aren't necessary by these companies really humanize the people who work for them. So you might look at the quote unquote evil corporation, but then these are the moments that remind you that there's people just like you and me who got there, who work there and do care about other people. It, it's it, like you said, it's really cool to see companies, especially because corporations all these times get these bad raps for whatever reason. Like it, it humanizes them. It makes you feel good. Like, okay, they're not in it for themselves. This is what they can do with all that money they get from me. They can do things like this that help all these people who don't have the or are going through hardships like they like Puerto Rico it. Yeah, and you know these these kind of natural disasters are becoming more. I don't know if they're becoming more and more common. It seems like they are. It seems like there's a lot more hurricanes than we've seen in the past 20 years or so happening more and more every year. At least from my perception, that are really devastating communities and you know. Uh, it, it, it makes me wonder if there's going to be kind of preparation of fleets for these kind of situations where, I mean, I don't, I don't know what example to use, but say another territory or what have you uh, undergoes a, a crisis such as this, if they'd have a fleet of balloons ready to go out and provide this kind of connectivity very shortly after, you know, the tragedy strikes. So, uh, carrying on with news involving the catastrophe in Puerto Rico, uh, article from October 25th, which is actually linked from NPR in our show notes. Um, Tesla is helping turn back on power at a children's hospital in Puerto Rico, uh, using solar panels and batteries. So this is providing reliable electricity at San Juan's hospital de Nino, which is the children's hospital. Um, in what Elon Musk calls the first of many solar plus uh, solar battery Tesla projects going live in Puerto Rico. So it uh, came about after Puerto Rico was hit, as we know, by two devastating hurricanes in September. Uh, there was talks between uh, Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rossello and Elon about, you know, maybe teaming up, getting things going, exploring opportunities. And now Tesla's providing power to a children's hospital this yep. is really cool what do you guys think it is it's it's awesome for tesla for doing this it actually had to they had their um tesla semi event scheduled towards the end i think it was it was supposed to be last week uh their semi reveal event for their semi truck uh they actually postponed that three weeks just to get this project off the road after that after Elon had that initial conversation with the governor of Puerto Rico. Um, so they moved uh, that big reveal to just get this done, focus on Puerto Rico, get the supplies there and install this uh, initial one at the parking lot at this hospital to just get that grid up. And now they're in further talks to get a lot of their infrastructure um, kind of independent of fossil fuels and, and getting because currently Puerto Rico is using they're importing fuel from other countries from inside the U.S. as well because their territory and burning that to get the majority of their electricity, which is just ridiculous. And Tesla has done previous projects on other islands before they had they did one a couple months back, maybe earlier this year on the island of Kauai in Hawaii um, that made it so that a majority of the power on that island is now provided by solar power and stored inside of uh, solar cells. Um, they also did one for uh, Australia as well, 
Australia, they partnered with um, one of the states there or, or areas in, in Australia to provide uh, power via uh, solar as well. So it's great for get to see Tesla jumping in and providing uh, this. And it's a, potentially could be huge if they wanted to convert the entire island of Puerto Rico to be self-sufficient, not rely on um, external sources for providing power to that island. Any word on um, how this was conducted? Was this, I don't see anything about this in the articles I've read. Um, was this a, contribu- a good direct contribution from Tesla where they said, here, this is, we just want to help, here you go. Was there any financial exchange? Because I know I'm reading in this article about how much it's costing Puerto Rico to rebuild its power grid in general and how long it's going to take and what contracts they've had with uh, this company, Whitefish, from Montana to restore the power grid. Um, Do you know, Irvin or Kyle, if there was any financial exchange here, if this was just a direct, uh, you know, pro bono contribution? I don't know. I'm not aware uh, what if there was any money exchange between the Puerto Rican government and Tesla uh, for this. Um, I wouldn't doubt that there was. I don't think Tesla's. I mean, they're nice people and they want to help, but I don't know. They they may have done this pro bono and then looking just to as a test, and then for future installations, um, do it uh, for a charge, uh, but. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And this article in particular doesn't, um, mention any cost. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I hadn't heard anything either. Um, and I'll, I'll go as far to, to agree with you that it's more likely that it was twofold for them. They got to test it to see how strong it was, to see how well it worked. And they also got to do a great thing for, for a country that needs it for people and children that need it. Um, you know, so it's, it's positive PR while also using it as an opportunity to test how, how strong it is or what, you know, any last minute test they needed to do. Like you said, obviously they've, they've done this in other places as well, but um, it's, it's, it's another example. Like we talked about of, of just humanizing people who are looked at as higher than you and realizing that they're on certain levels, they're just like you and I and, and care just as much. But um, I, I should say, I would hope it was pro pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it seems likely that based on their track record, it probably was. Yeah, so maybe a sign of things to come for Puerto Rico. Who knows? I mean, I know they just signed a contract that seems like it's not, but um, you know, it's nice to see this kind of capability demonstrated. Um, the speed with which they responded to this and got this hospital back online is nice. Uh, yeah. it, it would be cool to see this on a really large scale and a really solid agreement where it's, hey, we're going to do an overhaul and this is going to be the new system. Let's take it and run. So... We'll see what comes in the future from Tesla and other solar providers. Um, definitely a good story, positive stories. Nice to see Puerto Rico getting some help here. Um, I guess a little bit different stroke for the news with Tesla. Um, there's a report of Tesla firing hundreds of workers in its Solar City unit after uh, its acquisition. This is based reportedly based on uh, performance reviews. So, um, yeah, this is just this news is just coming after weeks after that Tesla announced that they were doing the same type of uh, fires after their annual review process in the factory. 
um, as well. It's not just the factory as well as engineers within the Tesla uh, company um, as well. So um, it just seems like that it just comes with Daniel uh, review process. They're they're cutting the the employees who might have uh, weren't performing up to par. You might have had several warnings uh, in previous uh, reviews where they could given the opportunity to improve and they might not have uh, done so. Um, a lot of people are speculating that they were, uh, some of these people were um, part of a group, uh, mainly for the Tesla uh, firings uh, for the factory and the engineering department. Uh, some of these, some people are speculating that these people, some of these people were part of a group that were, that were, that was trying to get uh, a union inside of the factory. Um, so there's been talks here and there. Uh, so that, that to say that some of these layoffs were those people to get them out of the factory so that they don't try to uh, bring in a union inside of the, uh, for the factory workers, which is interesting, but I it don't is. know how true that is. I don't know either. It is, um, you know, documented that Solar Sydney, Solar City said in May that it was going to be ending its door to door sales. And I'm sure there's uh, quite a large amount of employees uh, engaging in that, you know, career path. Um, and this was, like I said, announced in May. This is an old story, May 1st. I have an article up. Um, and Tesla is upfront about that, saying, you know, they're actually pushing that as a, a strategy for its investors that, hey, we're going to save a lot of money on advertising spending and we're going to sell more solar products because we're going to sell them in Tesla stores. So not a huge surprise. Uh, I, I mean, Irvin and I, we talked about this a uh, little misleading headline with the way it's reported seems a little bit. I guess the headline's not bad, but it gives it gives bad no, press to Tesla. Yeah, our, Ars Technica is pretty good about their headlines, but yeah. in certain publications, I've seen headlines where it states that uh, Tesla and Solar City are, are doing mass firings right. in both the companies and the, the companies going under. And uh, it when you look at the actual numbers and the amount of people getting laid off, it's in the single digit percentage the one to two percent maybe up to as much as three but that's fairly standard for a um i think it looks like solar city has thirty three thousand employees um yeah. and firing just one percent of one or one or two percent of that is is not very uncommon in the workforce right to see at over there doing performance reviews and seeing who's performing um, at, on par um, and then letting those people who aren't uh, go. Right. Um, I do. A, a couple things to note that, you know, in the article is like, like you said, what it's one to 2% of people being let go. It doesn't sound like a lot. They did it based on these performance reviews. And then they also said on the flip side that people who scored well in these reviews uh, saw compensation and bonuses and things of that nature. Um, the, the one thing that sticks out is that, some of these employees that were let go uh, in an interview with uh, CNBC said that they were very surprised to be told they were fired for performance reasons, claiming that Tesla had not conducted performance reviews since acquiring the solar energy business. So that that seems a little odd, but maybe they just kind of did self-evaluations without formally writing it up. I don't know, because obviously they're doing it for their own employees for a long time. I don't think they would have said it if they weren't doing them at some point. So. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that part of it, but you know, overall, I don't think it's a huge. Like you said, a lot of the places that are reporting these mass firings aren't a, 
it's a little misleading. It's a little deeper than it is on the than it appears on the surface. Yeah, and you know, not not jabbing at Arts Tactical like Irvin said, they had a pretty neutral title here, but um, er, that's what stuck out to me, Kyle, is in the articles I was reading previously. You know, mixing in with those kind of mass firing headlines and this lack of getting response on what exactly was said in performance reviews. Can I get a copy of that review and see what was said about me? Um, it's a gray area. It's a little weird. I guess there's nothing you can really tell reading an article. It tells you that they haven't received the copies. I guess they haven't, but it's, I, I would hope that they do receive copies because that seems only fair to hear why you're yeah. getting laid off. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, you know, I, I would like for, for that to happen as part of this process for sure. Whether it's deserved is another, you know, another question. It seems like it probably was, but yeah, I, I think those people deserve to know why formally. Yep. hundred percent agree. Could just be a matter of time, you know, processing paperwork and what have you. Yeah. Um, so kind of shifting streams again here, uh, in recent news, we have the Reaper botnet infection spreading. It's on over a million devices already and, uh, right around Halloween. So very spooky. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this, this could have some massive implications on the internet of things, uh, primarily routers and webcams. Uh, this apparently makes previous distributions, uh, like a botnet of hack cameras, uh, Mirai, I believe it's pronounced, uh, oh. which launched a DDoS attack distributed denial of service attack. Uh, apparently this could make that look minuscule in comparison. A lot of fear and speculation spreading about this. What yeah, and Mirai think? one brought down like half the internet because it attacked D Dyn DNS or DYN DNS. Yeah. There was a huge DNS service provider, which pretty much is, some of you might not know. DNS is what translates. And when you type in google.com, there's an actual each of these sites run on servers and they're behind an IP address. And uh, these DNS servers translate google.com into an actual number, an IP address that your browser knows to go to to get that the latest information from. So if that translator goes down, then the browsers don't know how to where to point google.com to. Uh, yeah. So that's why when the Mirai botnet attacked that DNS provider, it took down half the internet which right. was pretty crazy. And that, like Jeff mentioned, the size of that Mirai botnet was puny compared to um, what is potentially could be part of this Reaper botnet. Right. And DNS is domain name service. So yeah. just, just for listeners out there who aren't aware, you know, like google.com is a domain. So things that are subsequent, um, you know, in, in the hierarchy and tree of the sites provided by Google, google.com is the domain which hosts those sites. So, yeah, this is pretty freaky, especially knowing it's just kind of lurking out there, sitting, waiting. You don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, you don't yeah. know. I mean, you, you can only assume that it's spread so far, uh, especially with things like webcams and routers where... Um, I know some service providers with routers have gotten better with, you know, changing some passwords and things like that. But your admin password combinations are defaults that don't get changed by your your standard average Joe user. Um, there's a lot of potential for this to have spread very far already. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that the a lot of these devices that are getting hacked are our IOT devices and yeah. you know, more and more people getting these devices into their home. So 
and it looks like a lot of those manufacturers that are who are selling these devices aren't keeping them um, protected with the latest uh, firmware to um, to protect these people from whatever exploit that this botanist is using to gain access uh, to these devices. It does look like uh, a fix would be a firmware upgrade, uh, yeah. theoretically. I know, I know earlier in the episode, I think, Kyle, you mentioned Evil Corp. Uh, this reminds yeah. me of uh, a popular show out right now, uh, Mr. Robot. There's a character with the smart home, which is, as as you're aware, if you know, IoT is all about uh, smart home, smart devices, Internet of Things. They had a compromise system, I believe, at one point. Um, and it's just, if you apply that to real life, maybe not the same situation, but lots of people out there are integrating their homes, they're getting smart bulbs, they're getting smart TVs, smart locks, you know, how smart are these things? How secure are these things? And I guess we're going to see how vulnerable they are to attacks like this. This is the future of exploits. And it's uh, kind of terrifying when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more than I can add that you guys haven't hit already. It's just scary. It's just like, you know, to, to know that that our lives are so vulnerable at any point especially with this just we don't know when it's coming apparently right now they're just trying to build up the army the army of zombie devices the article says basically the devices that'll do all the all the dirty work for them and yeah. it's like just if it's if we already have an understanding of how bad this can be and if they really do get some huge massive devices you know it's just how how quickly can you shut them down how preventive can you be you know what are it's tough how, scary what do you do if you don't know too you don't realize like if this like is you don't want to be you don't know you don't listen to this podcast i mean you don't keep how would yeah. you know? listen everybody we've been telling you to tell your friends about us <laughs> yeah, how yeah. many times can we how many oh times can we tell goodness. you <laughs> I, but i don't know anything else you should be doing right now except telling everyone you know to yeah, listen to listen to this podcast get on here there's some stuff going down and you want to know about it and we have been a little bit ahead of the game sometimes so i recommend checking us out stuff. yeah you know it, it's good for you um you know this is good for you pharmacy oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it is look at that how, how you like that so some other news Different again. We're just jumping from rung to rung here in the second half. Some some stories that may not be so continuous, um, but Amazon is looking like it's gaining some wholesale pharmacy licenses in multiple states. States uh, looks like it's about twelve of them. Uh, this includes Nevada, Arizona, North Dakota, Louisiana, Alabama, New Jersey, Michigan, Connecticut, Idaho, New Hampshire, Oregon, and Tennessee. Um, it looks like there's a pending application in Maine. These licenses have a variety of descriptions depending on what state they are in, but it does appear that Amazon is looking to get into the pharma game specifically with providing some, um, wholesale devices, per perhaps drugs, things of that nature. Uh, again, Welcome to the future, everybody. Uh, now Amazon is your pharmacist. Guys, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Why not, right? I guess. They already have everything else. Like, why? It's, I, I, it wouldn't 
people who already do like my dad does online ordering for all his all his medicines like that's just that's just what the way people if people are already comfortable doing it why not do it with the company you're most comfortable with doing things online for let's yeah and this is i mean for, to to be clear this is uh you know, prescription drug delivery business is where it looks like they're headed. Just in case anyone's unaware, it's not like it's not looking like they're going to open up your Amazon pharmacy on every corner. It you know, it's going to be a delivery service you're used to with Amazon. Yeah, perhaps um, like you mentioned earlier, they they have certain ones with for medical devices. Are there any medical devices that need a prescription to, from your doctor before you could buy them? Like um, you can just go in a CVS and. And pick one up and just walk out the door. I mean, pay for it and then walk out the door. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, key key part is pay for it. No, yeah, just take it and leave. Yeah, you know. But I, I'm not aware of any. I don't know if you guys are any medical devices. Off the top of my head, I'm not. I'm sure there are, but nothing that isn't a actual drug that they might be selling. I don't know. That'd be um, I'm not really. Sh- I'm not really you sure, can man. Buy like glucometers and stuff off the shelf. You don't need anything special for that. Maybe or... like hypodermic devices. I think that's mentioned in this article, like needles and things like that. Yeah. You might have to prove that you have a reason to get that. Like, hey, I yeah. have diabetes. I'm not gonna do anything stupid with this. Mm-hmm. That could be one. Yeah, sure. I would think so. I don't know about things like yeah. I don't know like canisters for air or something like that. I don't know if you can even get them from a pharmacy, but. There are pretty strict laws about um about needles and giving them to people, so yeah. that's a that's probably a good bet right that's there. Probably be. one of the things I would think of. Yeah, actually, you know, looking into the details here, we talked about these a little previously, but um, they specify, like I was saying, from state to state, what the license suggests that Amazon is looking to do in those states. Uh, in North Dakota, it looks like uh, medical devices or medical gas is the description. Durable medical equipment distributor, medical gas distributor, or both is what the license type is listed as. And in Nevada, it's looking like it's listed as Legend Pharmaceuticals, Supplies, or Devices, and Hypodermic Devices. So there you go. Medical gas, hypodermic devices, Legend Pharmaceuticals, Supplies, and just general medical equipment. Um, I, I assume that those are kind of specific areas where you need to have a license to distribute these where it's not just for drugs, even though that is specified in Nevada. Um, so, I mean, it could be interesting. I feel like that could be a huge thing for people who, you know, routine, routinely use these devices or, um, you know, auxiliary uh, contraptions, I guess is a word I would use to administer whatever they're been prescribed or there's something that they're using for their treatment now you can go to amazon and get it shipped to your house instead of having to go to the store over and over maybe you know you get one of those buttons there you go you press it i, I need these again here it comes or tesla's are tesla oh i know but why I'm... we just talked about them <laughs> <laughs> but amazon's famous for their i don't know if you guys use this service on amazon before but the subscribe and save or if there's something that you order, let's say on a monthly basis, you would just press subscribe and save and I'll send you every month that thing. But if you do that and you agree to, yes, I'll agree to receive whatever that you want once a month, you get a, quite a bit of a discount. Perhaps they could apply that for regular type of devices or 
needles or anything that the uh, someone might need to use uh, they can get a good savings just by going to Amazon and saying, yes, please deliver me an order of whatever every month that I need supplies for my medicine or whatever. Um, that could be huge as well. Yeah, for sure. And we all know medicine in general, the medical field in general, it's expensive to stay healthy and to yeah. deal with illnesses and what have you. So, I mean, if you're going to see some serious savings here, with a, a, a industry giant like Amazon jumping in the game. Yeah, it's scary because Amazon's pretty much putting their hand in everything at this point, right? But um, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I, I don't know the likelihood of something like this, but do you think Amazon being how available they are and how, you know, how, I mean, every everyone knows who Amazon is. Like it's, do you think they could affect pricing uh, in the pharmaceutical world at all, not drastically, but even a little bit, because I mean that that in itself is already insane price wise. I mean, obviously, it's expensive to make these things, but like it's it's insane how much some of these things come on the market costing. I don't know how much wiggle room there is, right, and how much margin that people are making. So let's say that um, CVS is already whatever doing making a margin a certain percentage margin on each thing that they sell if 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 amazon can undercut them just by a percentage points or half a percentage points uh that could be devastating to someone like cvs or wargreens i don't know yeah i think it's definitely going to affect your your corner pharmacy a lot um and also in terms of the the pharma pharmaceutical companies themselves. I think this is going to change like extremely largely how these medicines and products are advertised because I mean, we all know about the commercials where they, the side effects are half of the commercial, you know, and that's how they advertise their product or you hear it on the radio or something like that. If now, I don't know how it's going to work with Amazon. I don't know if you're going to go in and have to enter your, prescription number from your doctor to get directed to where you need to go or how it's going to work. But maybe it's going to be a thing where you filter on the left and say like, what are you here for? Uh, you know, cold and flu related, uh, congestion, you know, and it narrows you down to what options you have to pick from. And there's, uh, a price point comparison between the generic and the name brand. Maybe that's going to instill some competition in the industry where, when people can actually see what options they have instead of just going with what they hear first. I don't know. Yeah, that, that would definitely be nice to see also. Yeah, um, and maybe and it doesn't one... necessarily have to be prescription drugs. It can be off the shelf because I just looked on Amazon. Yeah. You can't buy Tylenol or anything like that on Amazon. Yeah. Yet. No, yeah. No, yeah. I would imagine that it'll be all those things. You know, you'll be able to get your all your allergy medicine all over the counter. So. Yeah. Anything over the counter you can just buy because you can't do that right now. And you know what's going to be good about this is that right now it's they regulate, you know, who's buying what through the pharmacy because you have to show ID if you, if it's for a certain, you know, um, like drug or over the counter. Even sometimes you need to show your ID. Uh, probably they're not going to keep tabs on how much Tylenol everyone's got, even though, you know, there's potential for abuse with things like that. But through Amazon, when you're doing this all electronically, it's real easy for the FDA or you know, who I, I, I guess just the F, FDA to keep tabs on, you know, who could potentially be abusing things um, or things of that nature. 
And, you know, Amazon's got to play its cards right. And there could be a lot of danger in getting into this industry for them if, you know, there are any kind of tragedies linked to things that they're providing. Um, but it could also be a really good thing. It could really decrease the number of, you know, incidents you see where things like that happen. Just Yeah, and I have to correct myself. I am incorrect. You can buy Olive, Tylenol, uh, Ibuprofen on Amazon. So oh, okay. Benadryl as well. So your allergies are acting up. You can already go to Amazon. There you go. Arthritis. Medication. Yeah. Irving, can you order me some arthritis meds, man? My hand's been acting up lately. Oh yeah. Also just, just do me a favor. Just keep listing all the medicines that Amazon sells. <laughs> Please. Just, just I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Guys, last time, I promise, because it's our last thing to talk about, but we're shifting lanes again. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some some future technology here. This is something that is pretty exciting, I think. It's kind of theoretical still, um, but it's talking about bringing really fast internet to a lot of people in a different way. So there's this technology that's being referred to as Twisted Light and it can make wireless data even faster than what you receive through fiber. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of this, and I'd love to learn as time progresses, but um, you know, this takes away the need to transmit your data through a wire. Um, and this is according to scientists who have discovered a way to twist photons. Yep, twist photons. Um, which can cram more data into each transmission, um, but also help survive interference from turbulent air. So apparently if you pass light through a special hologram, you can give photons an optical angular momentum. So like a spin, I would assume, um, of that light that lets them carry more than just binary data, like ones and zeros. And so long as that light maintains the right phase and intensity, you can beam data over long distances that's very robust and very full. So I know a lot of technical and scientific terms in that last statement, um, but basically they are making what seem to be great strides in wireless communications. And it's looking like you can get some serious data over some serious distance with this. Um, they're doing tests yeah. over like one mile stretch in Germany. Uh, in an urban environment, but pretty interesting stuff. Uh, where mm -hmm. could this go, guys? What do you think about this? Are you excited? Yeah, this should definitely save some money because running fiber is quite expensive, over especially over a long distance, and just uh, just saving on that cost will, I think, greatly expand the, the availability of high-speed internet to more people, right? Because you don't have to run wires. You just in theory, in this one, you just put an antenna up that catches the this photon uh, that's being beamed out, um, and you can just connect to the internet that way. Uh, and you just run locally to the houses or whatever apartment buildings that are near that uh, particular tower that's receiving this photon. So that reduces the costs uh, there quite a bit. So it, it could potentially be huge um, for getting that last mile stretch. Uh, or la the last mile problem because a lot of people 
in in currently in in getting high speed internet to people, one of the big uh, hurdles is getting it to yeah, you can get it to let's say ninety five percent of the population, but that last five percent or might be a little bit more remote. Um, then you might need to run an individual fiber just to one house, which isn't that cost effective for the um, telecom company. So they might not do it. So that house will just remain with whatever current internet speeds that they're getting. So they won't get access to that super fast um, internet. So this solves sort of that problem where they can just beam the light towards that house and they just put an antenna up and they capture it. And now they have um fast internet without needing to run wires just to that house is that just go ahead kyle sorry yeah i I just i think it's 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 really cool i mean the the inner math and science nerd in me like you know that that survived through high school and college and all it's it's freaking out right now like it's really really cool to think about where you can just twist the way that that light projects and and how data goes through it. And it's just, as soon as we started talking about it, as soon as you, I saw it was in the show notes. I was, I was excited. Um, it's, it, it solves, it could potentially solve a lot of problems. Like everyone was saying, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do with it. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like qubits with quantum computing, like spin of electrons used for computing, um, you know, spinning photons. It's, it is exciting. I am wondering about that last mile kind of issue do you think that people in those areas have complained about this like oh we need our fiber or do you think that they move that area and they don't really notice or care because i know Irvin, you were mentioning that they they go about different ways of getting their connectivity through whether it be satellite or whatever do you think that they're really dying for these fiber optic speeds if they if fiber optic speeds if they're living in those locations uh maybe i mean it's better to have access to faster internet right if you're stuck still with dsl you don't you can't enjoy all the everything else that might require a faster internet speed right you can't stream long as netflix or get access to uh certain video sites i i i mean having better internet access for more people just i think overall is a benefit yeah uh, I mean, it's talking too about the like Google Fiber, for example, like won't have to rely on rivals to provide connectivity, like AT and T, who has you know means of transmitting out there. Um, seems like it's gonna kind of you know filter down who you would have to or could use for this kind of connectivity too, and that that could be interesting. Uh, so we, we talked in the first half a little bit about Google paying some external partners for whatever agreements they have. Um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this affects this general business. If people, if companies aren't paying each other for kind of a foothold in certain regions. But, um, interesting stuff. Very interesting. Uh, interested to see what happens with Twisted Light in the future. Um, very cool that this is even being attempted, let alone seeing some success. So I'm very excited for this. I'm excited yeah, to I see can, where it goes. I completely agree. Yeah. It's uh, I, I'm just 
I, I, I think one thing I, I just kind of thought of it. Sorry, I didn't chime in <laughs> during that awkward pause. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, this is just the beginning for this. So this is supposed to match these fiber optic wire speeds. If we can, or whomever can master this move with the twisted light, this is the beginning stages. I would imagine it only gets better, more efficient, faster throughout time. So yeah, it's, I, I think it's like you said, the, the, best internet you can get in the most places is most beneficial. And I think this hopefully could be just the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, obviously thinking far in the future, but is there going to be a graveyard of fiber wire in our country now? <laughs> if everything's wireless, what are they going to do with that? Maybe they won't even dig it up. Maybe it'll it'll just stay down there. Maybe it could get repurposed. You never know. But hopefully. I hope so. But um, I think that's, pretty much all we got for the second half here. So anyone want to leave some comments on what we've talked about uh, before we get into a little bit of worthy mentions here? I'll take that silence as a no. So <laughs> um, some plug notes here. Kyle, why don't you run through them? Oh, I got this. All right. So like I said, if you guys have been watching this episode live, thank you so much. We are on Twitch. Obviously, you can find us there if you search Industry 4-0. It's all spelled out, Industry, F-O-U-R-O-H. You can find us that way. We do the live stream every time we record the podcast. If not, you can obviously catch us on a various plethora of other mediums. Um, we're also on YouTube, Industry 4.0. Uh, Podbean, we go to that's our host podcast site. We, we love them dearly. Industry 4.0, all spelled out that podbean.com. We're on Google Play and iTunes, Facebook and Twitter. Again, fully split out. Industry 4.0, pretty active feeds for uh, Facebook and Twitter. And you can also find the pod and the videos on Facebook every single week when we put them out. So obviously, we want you guys to check them out. Give us those ratings. Give us those subscriptions and those reviews. We always appreciate feedback, both constructive and supportive. Um, you know, we, uh, we want to do the best possible show we can for ourselves because we love it, but mostly for you guys. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. Jeff, why don't you take us into the personal plugs that you got working on, son? <laughs> Same one I do every week. Uh, all this episode music was produced by me. It's all original content that I made myself. Um, if you're interested to check out any of my other work, um, you can go to soundcloud.com slash the J bones, uh, updated url in case you're tuning in uh, as a routine listener uh pretty excited about what i've done pretty fun to do stuff uh harder to get around to it these days but always say i'm ready to do some more so be on the lookout um i, I i've plugged it quite a few times i am a, a passionate wrestling fan a nerd if you will and uh you can always check out some of my thoughts what i'm thinking about uh, on twitter i talk about wrestling a lot on there uh, myself, it's at Kyle Fisher 45. Uh, we also have um, my podcast, which has slowed down, but the Twitter account is still pretty active. Uh, on air with Keenan and Kyle. Uh, if you go to at on air Keenan Kyle on Twitter, you can find a lot of uh, mine and my buddy's thoughts there as well. Um, I'll throw in a, a plug for our buddy Ryan, who isn't with us this week. Uh, he's a great photographer. Check him out. You can check him out on his uh, Flickr account www.flickr.com slash photos slash Wayne R. Thompson. Uh, some awesome photography out of our boy. Irvin, take it away. 
yeah, if you guys want, you can check out my Instagram page at instagram.com slash Lucas. That's E-R-V-I-N dot L-U-K-A-C-S. Um, I know I've been plugging it a couple episodes here and there. Uh, but now, actually, for the past, I think, week ago, I started posting every single day. So if you want to keep up, I'll go ahead and follow my account, get uh, great photographs. Um, and yeah, I've been posting every single day trying to keep that up. So if you want good content, um, good photographs to look at, uh, awesome. Just just give me a follow on Instagram. All right. So with that. This has been episode 25 of Industry 4.0. We hope you enjoyed our content related to mobile devices and advances in that field in the first half. In the second half, with our different tracks, uh, things from <laughs> automated cars to some projects going on in Puerto Rico, uh, Reaper Botnet, which is something to look out for and protect yourself against, Amazon's pharmacy, and the future, potentially, with Twisted Light. So for Kyle Irving and myself, Jeff, I'd like to thank everyone for joining this week and we will catch you next week for episode 26. Thanks everybody.